Hey there, Patty here. I wanted to let you know we are in a short hibernation period in the Space for Magic podcast. What does that mean? It means that we're not producing new episodes at the moment, and we are going to serve you up our favorite pre-recorded episodes while we take this pause. This pause is here to give me a space to understand where the podcast is going in the future. We will be back in 2023. And for now, enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Space for Magic podcast, where people who are led by their hearts come to learn the secrets to receiving all the gifts the universe has for us. I'm your host, Patty Lennon. I'm an ex-type A corporate banker turned intuitive coach. Using a blend of common sense, brain science, and just a dash of magic, I am here to help you create abundance in every area of your life and business. Welcome. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of the Space for Magic podcast. I'm your host, Patty, and today I have a guest back that we just had in, Dina Paqua, just a few weeks ago, and there's a special reason why I asked her to come back so quickly, which is that after we aired the podcast with Dina, I was talking more about the work I do with Dina in our group, The Receiving School, and they had so many questions for her that they wanted to ask her through me. And I thought, you know what? If they have these questions, I bet you do as well. And so if you didn't listen to that podcast episode, we'll put a link in the show notes so you can go back and listen to it. But to give you a high-level overview, uh, Dina is a shamanic practitioner. She's also the person, when I refer to my healer, that's who she's talking to. We work together right now weekly because the environment is so cuckoo crazy. I just, I adore her. She's brilliant at what she does. She's studied her, her practice and her work deeply, and she brings so much depth of wisdom to the table. So welcome, Dina. Thank you, Patty. Oh, I really appreciate that. Thanks so much. Oh yeah, I'm one of your biggest fans. So, um, <laughs> so the, the, the conversation that instigated the questions were really just talking about uh, the solstice that's coming up and the planetary alignment and what it means, which is happening on December 21st. And I want to get into that, but could you maybe first go into kind of what's been going on spiritually, energetically, where, however you want to phrase it on the planet for us over the last, whatever, 12 months, six months, fill us in. Yeah, so, you know, I'll do my best to kind of give us some context here. And, you know, I always look at these patterns to try to make myself feel better, because I know we can run around and feel like, am I going crazy? Like, why are all these things happening in a short amount of time? Or we see, you know, consistency, and it's like, well, there's got to be a reason these things are happening. So if folks have been feeling, you know, really overwhelmed, I know this past year has been really, really hard. There are some sort of, uh, more cosmic reasons why we've been dealing with so much challenge. And it falls into what I think is really interesting is that it falls into or overlaps ancient traditions, contemporary astrology. And I am I'm not an astrologer, so I want to stay in my own lane, but I can definitely, you know, touch on some points and I can also, you know, make make some suggestions for people if they want to explore that uh, further. So what's been happening 
I mean, I'm sure everybody remembers all the big hoopla in 2012, right? In the end of the Mayan calendar. And what does that mean? Is the world coming to an end? All that stuff. And obviously it didn't. But we had some difficult things going on that year for sure and leading up to that. But what the Mayan elders had said was that it was going to begin this shift of us moving towards a more spiritually based way of life that would end up being more community focused rather than just the individual that it would be, you know, we would move back to, which I think I talked about in our last interview about moving back towards a more respectful and sacred relationship with nature, you know, and that, and then that would be, you know, changes would be moving us in that direction. Well, it's been kind of hard to see that, especially in this last year with all the difficulties and challenges showing up. Um, and even like the last few years. So what's been happening, what I can say about this past year is that in January, uh, we moved into quite a bit of Pluto energy. We had Jupiter and Saturn and Pluto conjuncting in the sign of Capricorn. And again, I'm not an astrologer, but I'm Capricorn rising. So I'm, I'm a little familiar with Capricorn. And Capricorn is connected more deeply with Saturn, which is the Lord of Karma and the Taskmaster, and you know, bringing everything to the surface. And in the Andean traditions, they're calling this time the Pachacuti of turning the world upside down and shaking it up and exposing the areas that we need to heal and reform to, to bring us back to that more egalitarian way of life, right? And a more sacred relationship with each other and with the planet, etc. So the Pluto energy started just really stirring the hornet's nest back in January. And, you know, right after that, we found out about COVID and that sort of turned everything upside down. We have all this political and social unrest unraveling in front of us and everything really being exposed as far as like our deepest and most painful wounds in this country in particular, right? The inequity, you know, sex, sexism, misogyny, racism, inequality, right? Between different uh, social and economic brackets, what, where the weaknesses is, are in our healthcare field, right? And uh, who's been suffering more with the virus, just so many different things, right? Being exposed. Well, that was meant to happen. So we're not insane. <laughs> we're not crazy. <laughs> so seeing all these things, and maybe a lot of folks experience that in their personal lives. I know that the pandemic has amplified a lot of areas for all of us where we need to work on either ourselves uh, or taking better care of ourselves you know, self-care, taking care of our families, and also, you know, revealing, you know, areas that we need to change and work on. So our personal shadow and the collective shadow. So all that Pluto energy was stirring the hornet's nest with that this past year in particular. And in the tarot, that's uh, connected to the tower card, which mm -hmm. is like everything just being broken down or being flung out the window, the tower's burning down. And that's, you know, a lot of what we're seeing in our society is like the old structures are falling, you know, down, breaking down in front of us, and we're going to need to rebuild. But the exciting thing that in the, in the, tar in the tarot is that after the tower comes the star, 
and I learned this from uh, Sherry Whitfield, who's one of my teachers, and I'm studying uh, tarot with her right now. And I couldn't, I could tell you, I don't know how many times I pulled that darn uh, tower card in the spring and into the summer. It's like every week, it's like, could I just get through a week without pulling this darn card with everything You're falling like, apart? No! Where's the star? Where's the damn star? <laughs> right? Like, it's like everything's like the devil and the tower and <laughs> death. It's like, but that's that energy. You know, Pluto is the, the energy of death, but it's also rebirth. It's endings. It's also beginnings. It's the shadow, but bringing it into the light. You know, in the last month, it's like it's leading up to this this time of December 21st, which is, you know, the exciting thing that you and I were talking about and uh, what we're going to share today is that, you know, after the tower comes the star. So in the, in the tarot, the star card is hope. It's the light. It's also associated with the sign Aquarius. And on December 21st, we're going to have this this great conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn in 0.1 degrees Aquarius. So right on the winter solstice, which is the day that we honor the return of the light. The days start to get the longest night of the year. But then after that, right, our days start getting shorter. Yay. We have, you know, more sunlight. So it's literally the day that we honor the return of the light and we're moving all this energy into the sign of Aquarius, which is literally the seed planting of the age of Aquarius. So, so can, I, can I stop you right there? And because yeah. I want to check in with you on two things. Well, first, I want to go back to something that you said earlier, because I know it was something that can trigger people. And mm-hmm. you said this was meant to happen. And yeah. sometimes if if an individual experience feels really difficult, maybe someone lost someone suddenly to COVID or, you know, this, they lost a job that they really loved. Sure. That could feel almost cruel. Can you just speak a little bit more to what you meant by this was meant to happen? Cause I know you, I know you and I think along the same lines of, you mm-hmm. know, like, you know, not everything is destiny and yeah, go ahead. Right. No, I'm, we're just talking about the greater patterns, not like the individual suffering of, mm. of people. So the individual suffering is something we need to honor and we need to respect and we need to take care of people and take care of each other. So it's, it's you know, when we have these bigger patterns, like obviously we've lost a lot of people to COVID. So just, the, you know, even though it's a, a pattern of the shadows being revealed and difficulties and challenges coming to the forefront doesn't eliminate the suffering of individual people and, or even our own suffering. Um, I think I've shared the story uh, with the group about the car accident that I was in over 20 years ago that got me onto my healing path really more directly. And there was a lot of suffering with that situation. And I don't want to sugarcoat it for people. So when we lose loved ones, when we lose people that we love, when we lose things that are important to us, just because there's a greater pattern of change that's happening cosmically doesn't mean that that's not legit, you know, that, oh, well, you know, I should just automatically think it's okay that the shit hit the fan of my life because there's this greater pattern. No, we still need to nurse the wounds and take care of ourselves and be compassionate towards each other. And, you know, maybe 
down the road, when we look back, you know, we can see, oh, yeah, look, there was a lot of stuff going on at that time. And you'll see like, you know, what came after that. But you know, there are people that probably may never, I mean, I don't want to put this out there, but I'm just, you know, trying to be realistic here, that lost so much, maybe they won't recover, you know, maybe they won't see a light at the end of the tunnel, maybe it's just not possible. But that's where we really need to come together as a community. This energy that we're moving into is we're supposed to be taking care of each other. So, you know, that should lessen our suffering when we have, you know, other people to lean on. And that was my other question was, you know, what I see so much when now that I focus, you know, the majority of my time teaching concepts around receiving and teaching and learning them myself at the same time, of course. But in the receiving school and some of the other stuff I do, I just see so much that the thing most people struggle to receive is their own pain. And Mm -hmm. it isn't that part of our shadow is how much we've, uh, I don't know if it's idealized or just encouraged or something that jumping over pain, leaping over pain. And I would say almost the spiritual community is more responsible for this idea than anyone, you know, is, you know, this idea that we can just, you know, if you're in this real, tr- like, hardcore capitalist place, it's like, just suck it up and get the job done. But in the spiritual right. community, there's been a lot of ideas of, what you were just speaking about, like, see the greater pattern. There's a purpose to all this. And there isn't really a lot of space that encourages people to really honor what's happening for them. And also that communal responsibility to care for our neighbors. Exactly. And I think, you know, how I see it is, you know, and, and I agree with you, I think the spiritual community has done a lot of spiritual bypassing. And I'm sure I've been guilty of it myself over the years of just wanting to, to look on the bright side to find that spark of light in a dark situation, right? But we're honestly here to be fully human. And that includes the suffering, and the hardship and the losses. And to be honest, some situations will just never be okay. You know, I mean, I've worked with parents who have lost children. That to me has to be like the biggest and hardest loss that a human being can experience. And I'm not a parent, but I have parents, you know, so I know some of what they've experienced over the years. But it's, you know, in certain situations, something like that may never be okay. But that doesn't mean that as a human being that your life can't have meaning. Or, you know, that you won't eventually be okay, you know, after a lot of healing. But it's, it, it's kind of both. It's how I see it is we need, we're here to be fully human and experience everything there is to be human, including all of the emotions and feelings, the joys, the sorrows, the losses, the tragedies, all of it. And at the same time, when it feels appropriate and it feels okay to also see a greater pattern. Oh, other people are experiencing losses too, or gee, boy, that time there was a lot of stuff going on in a similar area. Isn't that interesting? But when you're right in the middle of it, that's probably not the time to do it. Yeah. You know, so we have to like give ourselves space for whatever it is that we need to experience 
in the moment. So, you know, for, for somebody who's not being, you know, dragged through the mud at this particular moment, being able to look at these conjunctions and patterns might be fine for them. You know, somebody who's in the middle of some, you know, big trauma or loss, no, they've got other stuff. They've got to put the fire out first. I mean, that's, so there's <laughs> stages is how I see it. Like, I remember when I was in the hospital, I was at Danbury Hospital, so I had just gotten out of ICU. Here I am, 30 years old, and I couldn't even wipe my ass by myself, right? So it was a little <laughs> bit of a challenge there. And I had asked one of my friends to bring me a spiritual, some kind of spiritual book. And he's like, yeah, sure, you know. And he picked me up Louise Hayes, You Can Heal Your Life. And I remember opening it up here, laying in bed. I can't even slide the bedpan under my own ass at that point, right? And it starts talking about how you're responsible for your own health and that you draw experiences into your life. I was like, fuck this, man. Like, I do not have the brain power right now for this. And I was like, this is not, I just can't do it right now. So I had to get through like the really hard stuff first. Like I had to figure out, how am I going to lift myself up so I can slide the bedpan under my own butt? How am I going to get strong enough that I can start walking again? How am I going to put my life back together after being out of work for how many months? How am I going to recover from all these surgeries? That was not the time to all of a sudden come from this, you know, higher place of, gee, maybe I drew, you know, one of the reasons why that happened was because I needed to make this big change. Maybe, you know, it was part of my life lessons. In that moment, that was not the time for me to be thinking or looking about that. Two or three years later, absolutely. Now, I definitely can do it. So it's like we have to really honor the time and the space that we're in with whatever's coming up and not try to push through it or, you know, poo-poo ourselves because we feel like crap that something, you know, just happened. So. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So what can we look forward to? Right. So, I mean, I think, you know, for, you know, I hope I know you and I, and then I hope some of your listeners, we need something to feel hopeful about, right? Everything's been so challenging. This year has been really hard. Uh, so many of us. So what's coming, you know, with this December 21st conjunction is the seed planting of the age of Aquarius. And Aquarius is the sign of the humanitarian, of the visionary, of technology and innovation, but for the benefit of all. So rather than it being, you know, just used in certain areas for more selfish purposes, this is really about us, you know, coming together, helping each other, moving forward in that more unity-based way that those of us who are, you know, thinking about the more spiritual way of life, that's exactly, this is like going to give us the energy to help make that happen rather than fighting against this Pluto, this shadow energy that's just dredging up the hornet's nest. You know, it's like, yes, we see the hornet's nest and now we have some, some, a, a flashlight to shine on it. And also there's light coming over the horizon. And the other exciting thing that I learned from my uh, dear friend, Laura Watkins, who's an, an amazing astrologer, is that coming up in February is there will be, and I don't have the exact dates or anything like that, but uh, she shared with me, we will have six planets in Aquarius all at the same time. 
So that is a lot of energy to move us forward. It's also going to be change. And, you know, we may not all like how that's going to look, but it's going to be change for the better. So it's like now there's hope. This is the star card that there's hope after all this horror, (laughs) you know, and this will be unfolding for a great deal of time. So it's going to be like, this is a a 100 year cycle that we're talking about here. So it's not going to be that, you know, everything all of a sudden is bunnies and cupcakes and rainbows and unicorns in five minutes, but we are laying the groundwork and we have like that cosmic support for moving forward in a better way. Mm. So, you know, rather than trying to fight against the grain of what's going on. So it's, I think it's very exciting. I think that there's a lot of hope and, you know, it's not going to be easy, but this is about us coming together. This is what the ancient cultures, you know, the Andean people, the Mayan uh, people who have retained their ancestral wisdom, they've talked about these times, even the 13 indigenous grandmothers, grandmothers from all over the world. Back in 2016, right after the election, they talked about this time that we're in now in the last few years of being the Kali Yuga, of the the time of the goddess Kali, which again is like that tower energy coming in and like breaking down the old systems, but then so we can rebuild so that it's better, you know, for, for everyone, rather than it just being, you know, few people here and there doing great and then you know, many others not doing well. So yeah, that's, um, that's so helpful and hopeful to hear. And um, if we have time, I'm going to talk about two things I was shown in meditations over the last two years, over the last year, I'm curious to get your, your feedback on it. I may have shared these with you too. But before I go into that, I, I know one of the big questions from my community was, is there things we can do to prepare for the 21st to sort of open ourselves up to this energy? And I know on the day we're recording this, for those of you listening, we're recording this early. So this may not be even open because I know it's limited availability, but I know the day that this episode drops you are doing an online event. So can you just talk about what that event is? And then maybe if people can't participate in that, what are some things they can do to open up their energy leading up to the 21st? Okay, yeah. So on the, I believe it's on the 16th, and it's on my website, on my classes page, I have a a winter solstice healing circle. So we're going to be you know, talking about the winter solstice, you know, as it occurs every year, but also welcoming in this energy of light. And we'll talk about similar things to what we've just discussed here, and then do some meditations and healing practices to work with the Aquarian energy uh, to connect with, you know, the meaning of this time that's coming, and then do some like seed planting, like what you know, doing a visualization or meditation for, you know, incorporating what we want to create for ourselves and our community. So think about the energy of Aquarius being the humanitarian and the visionary. So how can we harness that? And what would we want to see happen for ourselves and our loved ones and our communities? You know, working with it that way. 
Mm. And then for folks like on an individual level, and I know we talked about this last time, one of the things that I love to do that I feel like, you know, for my own training with my indigenous teachers has become a big focus in my spiritual work is giving offerings. So I would go out on the day of the solstice and give some kind of offering. And that could be uh, your favorite herbs or some sugar or honey, some chocolate, except if you have dogs, we don't want to leave chocolate on the ground. And just say some prayers, thanking your own ancestors, thanking your guides and angels, and you know, asking for what you would like to see happen going forward. You know, what seeds do you want to plant for the new year? And thinking about you know what this Aquarian energy uh, harnesses, and how can you kind of tap into that? And then give your offering. Like this year, I've already decided I know what my offering is going to be: a combination of rose petals, you know, for love. St. John's wort, which is a plant for bringing in the light, and then star anise for connecting with the stars. And Mm -hmm. then just, you know, you can stand outside if it's a nice night outside, bring in that starlight and just fill yourself up with the starlight and then release anything heavy that you might be carrying into the earth. So filling up with starlight, releasing what's heavy into the earth. And just do it as long as you need to until you feel a shift. And that should that. help. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. And if you're wanting to uh, see if you can... So Dina has limited spots in this healing circle. That's why I know by the day this drops, there may not be spots available. But you can go to embodythesacred.net and go to her classes page at classes and events. And you'll see the registration for that there. And if you're listening to this on the date it drops, um, go do it now because today is the day. Right. I would love to see folks there. That would be great. Yeah. And also you um, do have some virtual private sessions available as well. So exactly. Mm -hmm. That you, um, not for this day in particular, just you can work with Dina privately and the information on how to do that is there. Okay, so I want to I want to run two things by you and just see if you've seen anything similar. When we first went into isolation in March and the COVID was just becoming understood and known and we're all home and there was so much going on there was a um a series of kind of messages I got while I was uh, actually launching receiving school while I was doing live training. One thing I was shown and I never got complete clarity on it was almost like there was, I was seeing the earth as like a topographical map and there was this, this liquid and the liquid was money. And that what it was showing me was that going forward, like part of COVID, the part of the purpose of COVID was to shift the gravitational pull of money. And that right now on our planet, the gravitational pull of money goes towards these power centers. And it was showing me like New York and Hong Kong and some other places. But what's going to happen is this like almost the this equality to the gravitational pull that it would go to where the biggest groups were on this topographical map. And I felt like it was where the need was. I don't honestly know for sure, because I never really got more clarity beyond that. But I did get this piece that part of the shift that was happening was for 
the way that money flowed to shift. And I'm just curious if, you know, it seems like it matches up with to what you're saying about this humanitarian shift, which I really hadn't studied before you and I talked about it like last week or the week before. So have you gotten anything like that? Or does that sound like it makes sense? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's it's highlighting a particular area that, you know, I mean, we could talk about our Western culture here that we know is very money driven, right? It's driven by corporations and big money. And it seems like the decisions that are made rather than being for the greater good are to line certain pocketbooks as like the 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 first, you know, focus. With the energies of the Aquarius that we're moving into and, you know, what COVID being in this time of Pluto of revealing, you know, where where our faults and areas of healing, you know, need to be, certainly greed, right? And money being funneled into these certain uh pocketbooks, so to speak, of big corporations, etc., rather than going, you know, out to in a more equal way, like you're saying. I think that, you know, that's that was showing like a big, I mean, money has, has driven our culture for quite a while. So I think that that will be an area where there's definitely some changes in moving into this more equal society. So that will be great. So I agree with you. I think that that makes perfect sense. And it falls in with, with this, these patterns that we're talking about. Yeah, that makes me feel very hopeful. So the other thing was, which is less, you know, it's less questionable now because you just described this Kali energy that came through was uh, I was away a couple of months ago by myself in the Cape and I was by the water, just, you know, again, going inward, (laughs) going inward once again. And, um, you know, I saw this huge wave of Kali energy or this wave that Kali was essentially managing or, you know, she mm-hmm. was sort of it. And it just took the legs out from underneath people. And what I had heard at the time and that it was going to go from about, I'm trying to remember now, but I feel like it was going to go from like October 16th to some date, maybe like the first week of November. And then interestingly enough, it actually... I thought I was being shown something that was kind of global and maybe it was, but it like definitely happened in my life. So I kind of thought, Oh, I've done all my healing work because this, what this was going to do was kind of knock the legs out from underneath things that were not true for Mm. the person. Right. Mm -hmm. Which you actually described way more beautifully. And I thought, well, I've done all this work this year. (laughs) I've done all this work in my life. And there, my legs got knocked out from underneath me. And, you know, I have you in my life. I have my my tapping therapist. And between the two of you, you really helped me get stand back up. Um, I'm curious what someone can do on their own if they don't have access mm-hmm. to a practitioner when they really feel that their legs have been kind of knocked out from underneath them. Well... I mean, the first thing to do is put the fire out, right? Take care of whatever the immediate situation requires. And then once that's been, you know, handled to the best of everybody's ability is reach for support. So if even if it's not a practitioner, you know, where can you get whatever support you need? You know, ask people for help and resources. You know, a lot of times there are, 
you know, uh, free things. And, you know, I know you put out a lot of, you know, free information and, you know, I have things I can, you know, refer people to, but there's, you know, uh, resources available. So don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't feel like you need, you need to handle whatever it is that happened all by yourself. That's that, this bullshit and part of our culture that, that teaches us that we have to be an individual. I have to do everything myself. It's like, no, then why weren't we all born on our individual private islands someplace? You know, that's, we're meant to work together. So reach out for whatever help, you know, you can. And then uh, one thing that I refer everybody who will listen, it's really something simple that you can go grab at CVS, believe it or not. And it's called Rescue Remedy. And it's Mm. a very Mm -hmm. gentle remedy. Uh, it's a blend of flower essences. It's become so, you know, widely accepted now that you don't just have to go, you know, you don't have to just go to the health food store to find it. You can find it, uh, in regular old CVS and they have little gummies. They have pellets that you can put in under your tongue. They have sprays and drops and it really helps to, when there's been some kind of trauma or some kind of shock or something that just kind of knocks the wind out of your sails, whatever it is, it really can just help to ground you and take the edge off. Um, Maybe it's the booze that's in it. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But you really can, um, well, maybe. It really can, it really helps to heal on a deep level. So it comes from uh, flowers and if you think about just how beautiful flowers are, how could they not have healing properties? So, you know, there's a whole modality of working with flower essences, but it's so easy to just grab some rescue remedy and you can use it with your pets, with babies. I mean, it's so gentle. There's no contraindications. So it can help with sleep and anxiety and fear. And I think it's alleviating the fear. That's probably the biggest thing. So if we can take the edge off the fear, then we can make better decisions and choose a better direction in how to move forward. So I would say, you know, use the rescue remedy, some grounding crystals like black tourmaline, selenite, which is great for like cleansing your energy field, rose quartz for love. So just like having, you know, a few stones, lavender essential oil, you know, you can find that even at uh, the drugstore nowadays just taking, you know, a little whiff of that. So like having these little tools, you know, available are very helpful and grounding. That's like a big thing. Everybody talks, I was like, what does that mean? I mean, just rooting yourself to the earth, like literally imagining that you have roots coming out of your feet and going into the earth, standing on the earth. I tell my students, uh, my Westcon students, wiggle your fingers and toes, get yourself back in your body. When we start to spin out, it's because we're not in our bodies. So when you get back in your body, you can make better decisions and mm. you'll feel more centered. Just, you know, connecting with nature. I know it's, you know, extremely cold out and not as enjoyable as it was over the summer and even into the fall, but getting outside, smelling the fresh air, just noticing different elements of nature and like what's so what's beautiful and what you can appreciate. I'm sure I, I know I know you and I know what you teach and I would imagine gratitude is a big part of, you know, what you teach. So 
listing, you know, three things a day. I know in the beautiful journal that you gave me, we have the three appreciations. So doing that, very important. So, you know, those tools I think are easy for people to, uh, are accessible to people and that we can all do. We just have to do them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> just have to do them. Because <laughs> yeah. when the shit hits the fan, you almost just, you do go into, you know, there's the fight, the flight, or the freeze. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you're in that freeze. And then you're yep. like, you just, you just want someone to be there with you in that moment and tell you what to do, which is fair that that's what you'd like. But mm-hmm. these are those things that can get you into motion again. And then I know, you know, Dina always gives homework when you leave a session with Dina. And I know like oftentimes my homework is an Epsom salt bath. So I'm mm-hmm. sure that, that is also a great one. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. So much, so much good information here, Dina. Thank you so much. So for those of you listening, go to embodythesacred.net. I I highly encourage you to sign up for Dina's list so that you know when she's doing events, What even if you can't do the one today or the day that this drops. But if you did want to do that healing circle, definitely check it out on the classes and events page. And then any last words of wisdom that you want to leave everyone with, Dina? Yeah, thank you, Patty. And thanks for all of that. Yeah, I just want to touch back in briefly on, you know, what you asked me about before, you know, to to just, you know, remind people that just because, you know, we look at these bigger patterns of, you know, the stirring the hornet's nest with Pluto, and then we're welcoming in the Aquarian energy, that it doesn't deny the human experience, you know, in any way, and that, you know, people's suffering is legit. And we need to take the time to, to grieve, you know, you and I have both gone through uh, grieving processes and it's, we, you really need to give space for that. And that's, we're here to be fully human. Like I love my teachers from the Andes because they're not trying to uh, become saints or (laughs) holy people, even though they're, they're pretty darn awesome. They're here to be fully human. And I really feel like that's what I aspire to be. Like, you know, we don't have to, some things really suck. And you don't have to just immediately look for the bright side of that situation. Just like really allow yourself to feel that experience. And then, you know, at a certain point, you may want to, you know, shift your focus to something else, go back to it. You know, it's life is a very rich experience. And we're really here to experience all of it and to help each other through it, not try to do it all by ourselves. Yeah, that is such good teaching. And I know you're, you are one of the first people in like sort of the second half of my life where I've really been on this journey that helped me really embrace, like, it's okay to be silly. It's okay to have fun when other people are suffering. It's okay to be suffering when you're in pain, you know, like, it's really okay to be yourself. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Dina. I so appreciate you being here. Oh, thank you, Patty. It's a pleasure always. And for you listening, thank you for being here with us on this journey. Definitely check out Dina. I adore her. I can stand behind everything she does. And um, she is one of my favorite teachers on this journey. So I hope you've enjoyed this. Thank you for being there with us. And whatever you need to do this week to create space for magic, please do it. Hey, thanks for listening. 
If you know someone who needs to hear this message, please share this episode with them. And if you're feeling really generous, I'd love for you to leave us a review at your favorite podcast app. It helps us reach many more people and it fills my heart with so much joy when I hear what you have to say about what I've shared. I'm cheering for your success. Have an amazing day. And don't forget, always create space for magic. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.